Back to risky business. Rebecca De Mornay in her yeah. role in this. No I, one's sexier. I, 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 her and Lisa. I, yeah, and you know, like body type. Yeah, and she's beautiful. But she's like, not it's, yours. It's not my. No, go-to. she's my type. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you something. Sexiest, sexiest ever. Are you ready uh, for me, Ralph? I, I, just everything about her, right? Like it's quiet, whispery. She's mysterious, but she like yes, no, maybe. Oh my yes, god, yeah, no, no maybe. maybe. You can't really peg if she's actually into Joel or not. Like you're like, oh, she really likes him. Like no, she's playing him. Oh, she really likes him. Like she keeps you on your toes. I just everything about her. Yeah, it's just great. Going into the movie the first time, I think when you see Jackie, you're like, God, who's the second wildebeest gonna be? Right. And it's like you're right. like humming a humming a ho. Yeah, Jackie, that's great. <laughs> Jackie's great. Jackie's hilarious. Like I'd like to hang out with Jackie. She's like, I'm gonna give you a number. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, sometimes when you're buying a house and you need a new mortgage or you got to refinance the mortgage you have, you just got to say, what the F? <laughs> Sonic Loans is the place if you're a young, a lot of people a, need loans a young entrepreneur, <laughs> if you're in the uh, enterprise, make, enterprise Club. If you're not making $8,000 a night. That's a lot of cash, a lot of cheddar to be adjusted from 1983 until now. <laughs> that's quite a bit of money. But if you're not making that kind of money, the best place to save money and prepare financially for your future is to make sure you don't get killed on your mortgage rate. That's where Sonic Loans comes in. Charlie and his team are ready and waiting for your phone call. Sonic Loans isn't just there for loans. They're there to support you through the whole process. So reach out today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to really enjoy something that otherwise could be a little bit of a Porsche in Lake Michigan nightmare. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. 
I don't know that Bolton Legal Group can get you out of trouble for solicitation. Bolton Legal Group, if you're Gonzo dealing, the free if you're tickets. if you're dealing with women of the night, yep. and or embezzlement, and or would you? What is the a theft? What's the lady from uh, Full House, and she was also in the BMX uh, movie? Oh God, uh, Lori Lana. Yeah, 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 yeah. The college stuff. Yeah, so that that, that plays a role here too, because I feel like there's a lot of uh, naughtiness. Rutherford, going on. <laughs> Rutherford, my friend. Reach out to Ian and his team today. They're the best at what they do. They're a they're efficient. They're going to make sure you're protected. And trust me, if Weedo the Pimp steals your glass football, there's no better way it's to go. <laughs> it's thrown like a football. Uh, if there's no better place to go to retrieve it, to get it back, and to protect your assets, reach out today and uh, enjoy the legal process more than you ever have. Today's episode, Risky Business. In 1983, Tom Cruise danced in his underwear, wore Ray-Bans, made love on a train, and said, what the f***? Risky Business was the adult version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This movie had it all. And today on Buzz in the Tower, we're going to visit the upscale suburbs of Chicago as we chat about the 80s hit, Risky Business. My name is Mo Shapiro. I deal in human fulfillment. I grossed over $8,000 in one night. And joining me as always is Max Sanders, who doesn't have to pay for it because he gets it anyways. Buzz in the tower. There is no substitute. <laughs> Woo! You, uh, I've been begging you, for this. Uh, you know, it's it, there's Hello! a hand, there's a handful of movies. Yeah. Whenever I know, I can like write down on my notes for yep. the show. I'm like, Max is gonna first thing out of his mouth after finding some way to yell. I've been begging for this. Yeah. I need it. Unbelievable. It's my. So I've come to the conclusion. This is my favorite '80s movie. I'm not sure that that's a hot take. I I think that it's got the elements of. It speaks to me. It's anti-capitalism. Our, it's, it's and pro-capitalism too. Well, like if you if you like put everything aside, you're gonna like make money and stuff like that. It's a weird '80s. It's a very good '80s like Reaganomics kind of thing. Well, I said in the intro. Yeah, it's the adult version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, like it, it's got all of the elements of a John Hughes film minus all of like the kid-friendly, family-friendly. Like this is a hard R. Yeah, so John Hughes film. It's weird and mysterious, and it just shows that you can make art out of anything. Like, and it's got Serge. I mean, you can't have a good '80s movie without Serge. Okay, you said it weird. I was like, Sorry, what? Serge? Yeah, yeah. Bronson. Bronson. Yeah, yeah. come on. Pinchot. And Charles Armstrong. I mean, not Charles Armstrong. Curtis, Curtis Armstrong. Curtis. Yeah. Lance Armstrong. It's just. It makes me feel so good. And also I feel seen because it's like the embarrassment of being like powerless with the opposite sex when you're younger. Oh, man, that's your sweet spot. Yeah. Right there. I mean, there, and every scene, if you notice, is a fade to black. So it's like this kind of art form thing. And the kind of weird career of the director and writer. and Weird, you mean like non-existent? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's some people are just comets. You know, they come in, they're like, here's something. And also the synth. I think this is the best use of 80s synth. Tangerine dream, baby. Oh, my God. It, this is their best. So throw a little Bob Seger. Little yeah. shout out to Michigan in there. Just, oh, just take those old records off the shelf, Max. There's Journey in there. There's an iconic car chase scene. Hey, Max, I'll sit and listen to them by myself. Yeah. Today's music ain't got the same soul. <laughs> I like that old time rock and roll. He's a Detroit boy, right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. to the yeah. Well, he's a Michigan guy. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Detroit guy. You know what I meant. I know what you meant. Uh, there is so much to talk about. So much to do. So little time. I watched Willy uh, Wonka, the original one, the other day. So now I've been like flipping him. Like, Did it feel so little to do, so no? much time. No, I love it. Okay. I think I got like triggered by that new. Uh, yeah. Preview. Listen up and talk down. Oh, it's man, the Paddington but, director, though. I know, but yeah. it's just the whole. Are you going to Barbenheimer? Uh, I don't know. No, you asked me last week. I said I'm not going to Barbenheimer. So you're going to love this so much, by the way. I'm seeing Oppenheimer tonight. Yep. By myself. Yep. Uh, I got a special shirt for it. 
So it's a deep cut shirt. It's really, I shouldn't be wearing it. It's, let's see if you can pick up the reference. Okay. It's got a nuclear explosion on it. Yes. And there's whales all across it. It says nuke the whales. Nuke the whales. Do you not remember this? No. Uh, Do you you remember? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, So anyways, the guy who sold me the shirt says it's got something to do with Christopher Nolan. So I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Nelson from uh, The Simpsons. Remember when he likes Lisa? And they like go on a date together, and he wears a shirt that says "Nuke the Whales." And she goes, "Nuke the Whales," and he goes, "Vaguely." And he goes, "I don't know. He got to nuke something." Vague. Well, so what I do remember, this is a deep cut. That's a that's a deep cut. What I do remember is one of my favorite South Park episodes ever, and I can't remember the name of the whale that they send to the moon. Oh yeah, what is the name of the whale? It's so funny. Hold on, <laughs> Jambu. <laughs> Jambu. The boys think that Jambu, whose real name is Wilzix, will die unless they get him back to the moon. And the end of the episode it's when quiet. it's just a dead, yeah. dead whale on the moon. Oh, and and the the Mexican uh, the, the Mexican spaceship that yep. they go to get. Oh my god! By the way, have you been listening to the AI created Cartman songs? No. So they're incredible. Oh, I have to listen. Hold on, can really I play good. you one thing really quick? No, you can't. I'm no going to do it. All right, you while you look up for it, I'll remind everyone that if this is your first time to buzz in the tower, please make sure that you. Follow, subscribe, leave us a review. Also, if you're looking for more content, you can find us on any social media platform at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, the tower. You ready for this? No. Buzzinthetower.com is our website where you can get it. (laughs) Just hop right in. Hop right in, Max. God, you're a moron. All right, that's enough. I've heard enough. Thank you. I lost my I lost where I was. That's fine. Patreon.com slash buzz in the tower if you want to support the show. I'll sing like Cartman. And uh Max, with that, let's get back to what we're talking about, which yep. is risky business. Risky business is um interestingly enough, and and as we get into the facts about this movie, it'll kind of unfold a little bit. It it does something very unique. I'll give you my perspective on why I think it's unique. There's something that happens in 80s movies and early 90s movies where it's almost um, a caricature of what it is to be a teenage boy, meaning like revenge of the nerds, yep. like, or movies that have to do with tonight. We're losing our virginity, you know, American uh, pie, American weird, American pie, uh, weird science, right? Like Gary and Wyatt, you know, like they, they, that was realistic. I for you. It was, I wish we could build that robot, Lisa robots. <laughs> I put, under- are you excited for more Futurama to come out? That's what yes, we should be talking very. about. All right. Anyways, if we could focus, all of these movies, and I guess film in general does this, but you see a change towards the end of the 90s and in the 2000s where the characters seem to be just a little bit more diverse and they've got a little bit more going on and it, it's not as black and white, right? You're a jock or you're a nerd or you're a goth. I mean, it goes back to The Breakfast Club. And what I found great about Risky Business is they're telling a story that's been told a million times before, but they're doing it with really nice nuance. Like Joel doesn't sleep with the babysitter who looks up at him and says, I'm in the mood. Yeah. Because he's so <laughs> riddled. Home he's on your so, bike. Yeah, no, no, no. I ran home. A question. Did you ride your bike there? So no, you pedaled home. This, you would classify this group of guys, I think, as nerds, right? They're like on the schmedium, like, and that's what I like about yeah. this. I really like that, like, you don't ever see a jock kick the door down and be like, "Oh, what are you nerds doing with all these pretty girls?" No, and some of the friends have girlfriends. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I, and so the, that that to me is like a very unique aspect of this movie that you don't see in a lot of '80s films. And also, their friendship is 
I don't know why. It just makes me think of my friends. Yeah. The sitting at the poker table, giving each other hell, like acting tough, but then Curtis you know, Armstrong, Armstrong gets in the car. He reminds you of No, he reminds you of uh, Bruce, doesn't he? Uh, oh, no, not he kinda, necessarily. He kind of looks like him a little bit. No, no, oh. not at all. Okay. No, you were way off on that. Okay. Hold on, let me take a sip of water while I ponder how <laughs> off you were. It's not so much that any of them individually remind me of any of my friends. Their friend group as a collective. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, all for one, one for all, three amigos scenario. Like if they're gonna do something, they're gonna do it together. Or like, it's like, don't tell anyone. It's like I just told Schmitty and uh, Bob. Yeah, but don't tell anyone right, else. Right. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. there's, there's, and maybe it's in part. And Curtis Armstrong was like 28 years old when they made this movie. He is so older. He is old. But, but I, I <laughs> just first movie. There's and also the anxiety that Joel has about his SATs, about all the clubs and things he's in. Yeah, his parents. That and- feeling you have when you're in high school, and I don't know. I don't know if it's a tactic that parents use to scare their kids into falling in line where they make them believe that you better not screw this one thing up or the the house of cards will fall. Yeah. And when you watch Joel basically get to the, what the F part, which is he, it it, it collapses and he's like, Oh, well I got, I got nothing. I need your bike. I need your bike. And then the synth comes on and he goes to Lana. So by the way, do you think Lana planned it all out? Do you think she put the car in neutral on purpose? Absolutely. not. I think she did. No, you can tell by how she does it. If you're going to make an argument for something she did on purpose, it would be taking him to the train so that Guido the pimp robs the house. That's an argument, even though she denies doing that, and yeah. he calls her out on that. But the car, absolutely not. She did not do that on purpose. Hmm. No way. Okay. No way. I don't know. No way. It looks pretty She would good. have no concept of what that type of car repair would cost. She doesn't know Porsches. No, but she wants to put him in a situation where he needs to- What if the situation had been insurmountable that she couldn't afford it anyways? She also has no idea what his financial position is. Well, she's a risk taker. Her brain's always thinking You're way that. off on this yeah. one. You're way off on a lot of things, but this one you're way off on. <laughs> That's a little bit too deep cut for me. But the great, the great part about risky business is that as I sit here and get into the deeper parts about friendship and about- and being the the classic, what did it, consistently? What do all movies hate in the eighties? Capitalism Russians. and making money and Russians. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That too. <laughs> this movie about being an entrepreneur, even when they're all hanging out at the table and they're like, "What would you want more? You know, the girl or the money?" And yeah, like, like money. money. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it's great." I don't know. It kind of hyped me up. This is kind of Wolf of Wall Street where it shouldn't hype you up, but it does. When he's like, <laughs> when he's like, "It was great the way your mind worked. No guilt, no doubt, no fear. None of my specialties. Just the shameless pursuit of immediate gratification. What a capitalist!" You're you're a real interesting person in that regard. I'll tell you why. Mm. Outside looking in, mm. like naked eye. If someone were to take a deep breath of Max Sanders, they would pin you as this kind of bohemian fatula. What's that smell? Not fatula. Patchouli. Patchouli, yeah. yeah. Patchouli, tattoos, electric forest. I'm a bartender, and I don't care what that looks like to the world, but I know your real secret. You are Gordon Gacko. You love money more than any person I know, and that exterior that people look at, they don't realize you live like a pauper. You save every dollar. You make crazy money bartending. You have an investment portfolio that's best than better than most CEOs. Like you are, <laughs> you're the most financially stable person I know, and that's not a knock on who I know. No, I, you know, know I know some, some people. very well-off people, yeah. and, and so I think it's kind of funny that you and I are the opposite in the sense. I you get from cringe the, from this. I from the outside looking yeah. in, people are like, "Oh man, he's got you know a job, the family, a beautiful house, he's secure financially." And I feel riddled. I feel sick. I hate it all. I just want to like say, "What Blow the it on Blow out All of it. And meanwhile, you're living out there like you're Peter Pan. <laughs> but what people don't understand is, is you've got gold under your pillow. That's how we get along. It's incredible. We're, it's really ironic. We have the. Uh, don't you think? Yeah. It's like rain. <laughs> Ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams. And then his beautiful wife. Yeah. It's a black fly. 
and your Chardonnay. <laughs> I love that album so much. It's a death row pardon. <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes too, too late. late. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? Don't, Don't you think? think? I can't wait. Till, I can't wait till we get to nineties movies. Yeah. <laughs> think about is the, that. Is that in any movie? In the no, movies? it doesn't matter. That's in a movie. The the, the point that I always the reason it's like why, radiant. The the, the reason <laughs> that I'm excited to get into nineties movies. I love eighties movies. Yeah. Is because. We have to research, and I don't mind. I love rewatching these movies. I don't even feel like I have to research the '90s movies. I'm sitting here just ripping off lyrics from Atlantis Morissette. Like we're like so it's make, nothing. Make me a blood oath right now that our first '90s episode will be the Nicolas Cage trifactor of no, Con Air. I told you, no way. It's it's Point Break. You and I have had this conversation a oh, million yeah, we times. Have and the I first forget. movie we're doing. Yeah. And it'll be, it's gonna be, we're gonna do it on our anniversary. So it'll be December, or January yep. when we roll into the '90s. FBI. All right, bi. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> Back to risky business. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things you said. So number, number one, Rebecca De Mornay in her yeah. role in this. No one sexy. Her I, and Lisa. I, yeah, and you know, like body type. Yeah, and she's beautiful. But she's like, not it's, yours. It's not my. No, go-to. she's my type. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you something. Sexiest, sexiest ever. Are you ready for uh, me, Ralph? I, I, just everything about her, right? Like it's quiet, whispery. She's mysterious, but she like yes, no, maybe. Oh my yes, god, yeah, no, no maybe. maybe. And it's like you can't really peg if she's actually into Joel or not. Like you're like, oh, she really likes him. Like no, she's playing him. Oh, she really likes him. Like she keeps you on your toes. I just everything about her, yeah. is just great. And no, it's not because she's a lady of the night. Well, I think too an escort. Well. Going into the movie the first time, I think when you see Jackie, you're like, God, who's the second wildebeest going to be? Right. And it's like, you know, right. like, humming a, humming a, ho. Yeah, Jackie. That's great. <laughs> Jackie's great. Jackie's hilarious. Like, I'd like to hang out with Jackie. She's like, I'm going to give you a number. Yeah. This is what all white, white boys. White boys yeah. Yeah. That's. Do you know that great. was the name, the original Easy. name of the movie? Are okay. we getting into facts? Okay. Are we jumping in? Okay. I think so. Is there anything else existentially that you want to discuss about this film before we talk about the facts? Uh, Nothing about the facts? It's just. I just love that you can take any medium or any like genre or topic of kind of movie and turn it into something that's art and that can actually transcend the the genre. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think about you uh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're just okay. I'm on four hours. You seem like it. Let me let me let me fiddle with what you're trying to say. My reason that I love this movie so much, and I'd make a case for it being on the Mount Rushmore, is because in a world of, where vomit comes out of my mouth, in a world of Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. In a world where those are the movies, this feels like the adult in the room. Absolutely. So it's like how the movie starts. The dream always starts the same, and you get the synth music. You're like, what am I watching? So that in and of itself is such a great point. Yeah. We just talked about this a couple weeks ago, or last week, with Whitewater Summer. Mm. And remember how we said that they went back and had Sean Astin do the voiceover to capitalize on the Ferris Bueller thing? Yeah. There's times where the voiceover, the monologue, right? The out of sight monologue works. And there's times where it doesn't. This is also unique. It's just got the grit of the movie. Like they didn't screw it up by being like, you know, boy, what a crazy summer that was. I know. And that's where I learned that I was the risky business. Like it, it, and it does. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that was the thing to do. And this wasn't late 80s that this movie 83. came out. Right. No, everything got influenced by this and like got sugar-coated down. And then, and then let's fast forward a little bit. Yep. The, the mark of a truly incredible movie, 
Like here we are 40 years later. And if you call me, I mean, you and I are bad examples because this is what we live and breathe. <laughs> but other people, you, you can come a phone call and they're like, talk to me, goose. Like there, there are just these, the vernacular, the scenes, the moments, they're, they're, they're just timeless, right? And sometimes you got to say what the Max, heck. Yeah. in your underwear and dancing, right? Yeah. Let me fast forward people, to- People still wear that for Halloween. And not just that. Like go to uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. The three, uh, Zach, AC, and Screech to yeah. Barbara Ann. Remember this? Bob, 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 Bob. Bob or Ann. That's a total play on this. Like every single time that someone does this. And then even curious how you feel about this. Okay. Um, uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise's cameo in Tropic Tropic Thunder. Thunder, One of the best ever uh, where he's playing. Give me the name. Les Grossman. Les Grossman. The dance at the end. Is that his tip of the hat to risky business? I don't know. It's very. It feels like his tip of the hat to risky business. He doesn't slide or anything. I know, but he's just dancing by himself. He's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it it hits a spot in your memory. Like, I remember Tom Cruise dancing by himself. And then, to your point, like the other thing, like, can you ever get on a train and not think of, you know, train? Yeah, exactly. If I play in the air tonight, I need to leave the room. Yeah. Well, that's. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, one of my favorite videos on the internet, and there's a lot of funny things out there, but. There's a video of someone either like on a skateboard or a scooter going down a hill and just slams into like five garbage cans and it syncs it's up perfectly really, like yeah. bum, 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 bum. I can feel or, growing uh, in the air Tyson and the hangover. So that's amazing. <laughs> it's my best part, my favorite part. Just socks him in the Still face. Still got it. That was like jarringly hilarious to me when I saw that in theater. Well, having Mike Tyson in that movie was just so alarming. You're like, <laughs> do you know who they almost got? I, I don't think it was the for the Pauly first Shore? one. No, uh, Bill Clinton. They went after him to get him in one of them. That's incredible. Uh, that would have been great yeah. if they got him. But Okay, Max. Well, I'm ready to hop into some facts. Absolutely. You, you started to touch on this one. The original name of this movie, White Boys Off the Lake. Really good title. Terrible title. You don't think so? Okay, this, this they studio- got rid of they got rid of it because it sounded like an off Broadway play. Which yeah. I agree. It sounds like an off Broadway play. I don't know. Maybe it's the way Jackie says it. I just like it's in my brain now. It's Dude, what risky every boy. business is so much better. It is a good line. It's so much yeah. better. Do you know where the uh, title comes from? I do, but you tell me. Go ahead. Well, I don't have it right in front well, of me. Then why'd you bring it up? Because uh, there's the song at Joel's party, "Swamp by the Talking Heads," yeah. and the song has "Risky Business." In it the sure title. does. Yeah. So this film was heavily influenced. This, the screenplay was heavily influenced by The Conformist. Uh, it's a political drama during Italy's 1940s fascist regime. Mm. So that was a big influence. There you go. And Max. she stepped on the ball. And she stepped <laughs> on the ball. I love that. Uh, by the way, I know our next movie. What? I should share with you right now Do what our now. next movie is going to be. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Taps. No. Yeah, we're doing way. taps. Cool. In listening to how Tom Cruise was picked for this movie, the director was not sold on him at all. He saw a test. He was like, he he saw just, a he was like nope. His quote is incredible. <laughs> this guy for Joel, this guy's a killer. <laughs> Let him do Amityville 3. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bunch of other guys, too, from Taps. I keep on forgetting that, that this is on the heels of that. Yeah, so, 81 yeah. was Taps. You got it? Well, you're going to know all about it because yeah. we're doing it next week. So Tom Cruise went while shooting... Uh, the outsiders to audition for this. His initial audition was garbage, but they brought him back a second time and they wanted to see what the chemistry was between him and Rebecca de Mornay. Mm. I call her Bex. Yeah. It's my girl Bex. Uh, and it was garbage again, but ironically it was the director who said, I trust this guy. Let's give it a shot. They wanted to make him look more baby faced. So they had him lose weight, which is funny. Cause I guess thinking about the outsiders, he was like a little bit thicker. So they put him on this like seven day a week running five miles a day in the Florida heat. I bet he loved it. Oh yeah. Well, he lost 14 pounds, yeah. came back, was ready to rock and roll. Well, then you know what he did after, right? Tell me what he did after, Max. Do you know or no? I don't know. Okay. So he ate a bunch of high-calorie foods to get a layer of baby fat. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why his face is oh, kind of like young. That's why I need you yeah. to tell me that. Because he's 20 in the movie. God, 20-year-old Tom Cruise. He's, he's when, we, when we talk about the actors and actresses in this movie and you look at his 80s, it's just, it's he's he's fantastic. I think he got handsomer in middle age. Sure. Like, well, he fixed his teeth and got a nose Oh, yeah, you're right. All that stuff. So if you look at old pictures, I don't, I don't care. I still think he was handsome back then, but yeah. like his nose line should split the middle of his teeth mm-hmm. and the middle of his teeth are a full inch off to the right from his nose line. And then pictures of him now it's totally lined up appropriately. But I think I, I just love how vulnerable and willing to go for it. Tom Cruise is in like the early age. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's getting weird with it. Yeah, listening to Curtis Armstrong and uh, Bronson talk about him. So they like uh, Curtis Armstrong kept like a journal and oh, in, really? in, yeah. in his journal, it's like, you know, th- this, I think this guy's going to be, a hit, but like he sometimes is irresponsible with other people's time. He's quirky. Yeah, I think the thing with Tom Cruise that that and isn't this the case with all people who are brilliant and incredibly successful that they are also they have some social, you know, they're lacking something. There's something missing. Right? Yeah, you can't it's be a perfectionist in your craft and not have something missing. Very rarely do you find someone who has the athletic skill of Kobe Bryant, but also has the personality of Chris Farley. Like it, it, you overdevelop in one area, you underdevelop in yeah. another. Yeah, you know? Jordan Woods. All They're the all people. just yeah, all and and me for instance, you know, like a brilliant, passionate person, <laughs> but also a penchant to get angry. Psychotic. And, yeah, yeah, psychotic. So yeah. there you go. Uh, Cruz improvised the entire underwear scene. It was not choreographed. That's amazing. It, so they they did a few things to aid the scenario. So in the script, it literally just said in the script, Joel dances in underwear through the house. That was it. That's the that is the degree of instruction he was given. What's your favorite move of his? I like the seizure on the couch because that's like what you the do. Slide when you, in you, the slide in's the best. So wasn't he not wearing socks and he had to like put on socks and they had to wax the floor. Yeah. So half of the floor was waxed and half was not. Little Miyagi wax on yeah. wax off, and it was for that very reason because he needed the part to be waxed to slide. But if the rest of the floor was waxed, he would have bit it when he was trying to dance. And, and there's so many little moments like Brickman is just an artist because he puts up the stereo. He shows him putting him up all the volumes. And remember when you like put the throwback up- to well no and Max yeah hold on, it's a throwback to the beginning with yeah, the Equalizer yeah. when his dad busted him uh, just for those that don't remember the scene at the very beginning of the movie people when uh, huh people remember no 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 the oh, very beginning oh, okay. oh yeah no I know people know the dancing <laughs> okay Jackhole <laughs> um, Jackhole is a combination of what I can't yeah, call I you with yeah. I can yeah at the very beginning of the movie when his dad is being a dad come take a look at this yeah so uh, have you been <laughs> touching the Equalizer because this was not how it was set before oh, I don't know what happened dad you know this is not a toy if you're gonna treat it as a toy you can't use it. Again, this is that great line between, yes, this is a referendum on capitalism, but it's also breaking free of the, you know, the, the, the patriarch of, of the control family that the family has. Yeah. Um, and it makes it 10 times better that the scene before is an all time scene too, because he's at the dinner table by himself. He pours probably strong whiskey and Coke, nine ounces probably yeah. of, uh, of like well whiskey yeah. with, and he spills the Coke. Oh yeah. Too. Doesn't even know how to pour a Coke. And then he eats the frozen dinner like a bear because it's still frozen. I also just love in general that that's his go-to is frozen <laughs> dinner because that, that's the part that touches me that yeah. I'm just like, this was me in high school. Were you a frozen Minus dinner the, guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I was unable to do very much in high school as, as it pertained to taking care of myself. My parent, my mom would never leave me home alone, but if she did, I'd be ordering pizza or eating frozen meals for sure. It's so good. back to the dance. Well, well, no, we, we sidetracked back to the dancing. So what was your favorite part of the dancing? The slide in. I told oh, you yeah, yeah. The, slide in. The, the selection of the song was perfect. Um, the director specifically picked a song that felt would be timeless and, and wouldn't age. And that's what timeless means. I doubled down on that. <laughs> so can we do the whole soundtrack now? Uh, go do it. So sting every breath you take. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Old time rock and roll, like you said, Bob Seger, Hungry Heart, Bruce Springsteen's in this too. 
Muddy Waters, Talking Heads, After the Fall, Journey, DMSR, Prince, Phil Collins, and Tangerine Dream. Yeah. That is... It's powerhouse of a soundtrack. And the cool thing is I love when movies take, like, popular songs and splice it in, but they also have thematic music that builds and comes back. So to to your point, most people wouldn't remember... 90% 90% of the songs that you just said. And I think that's a testament to how they supported the story. Didn't overpower the story. Yeah. Even old time rock and roll, which would be the one song I would argue. You almost remember the song more no, than but the scene. I feel like you could put a different song there and Tom Cruise dancing would still work just as well. Uh, well, we, well, we, I feel well, like the dancing is more important than the song. Yes. You see what uh, I'm saying? I don't know. It's so entrenched in my memory that it's hard for me to separate. The I wonder two. if you could put Rob Zombie to that. And he'd still, well, I mean, it. to your point, they did, like I said, Barbara Ann from the beach boys for the, Say by the bell one, and that worked. So it's true. Oh, it worked. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> Max, your favorite item in the world. The Steuben Glassworks, manufacturer of the Crystal Egg, went out of business in 2011. It's my. It's in my. Uh, it's in your me- list. Memories you want. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, I think we could get a replica of that. I feel like that should be in our new studio when we move to video. Oh, I think behind do. us should be yeah. a replica of the egg. And to finish the show, every time you throw it, and I go jump. It's great. And the egg is symbolic, right? It's like. The, the opulence, the the, and it's the so, pomp, the it, absurdity. And you the, know? the cool thing about you said like the eighties being like this is gross capitalism. It's something so unnecessary, and it's like if you were in that house, you wouldn't be like, wow, that's really something. You know, it it this it feels like the the statue when the penis broke off in the Goonies. Like it just feels like there's well, always that less one hilarious. Nice, yeah, much less <laughs> hilarious. I don't know when he catches it at the end. That's kind of funny too. Um, Junk. Yeah. Right. So. Um, it's my mom's favorite part. Tom and Rebecca <laughs> De Mornay, Becky. Yeah. They dated in real life after this movie. You know, that's she, a power couple, right? You there, know, she buddy. dated Harry Dean Stanton before Tom Cruise. Can I, you imagine no. going from that to that? That's something, something different. <laughs> um, did you read up on the alternate ending? Yes. And I, I like the idea of it. So I told you, it's like Lana was scamming him and he really didn't believe her that she yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And they kind of just go their separate ways. This movie isn't like, yeah, it's a dream and it's a fantasy, but it's also kind of realistic and harsh about life and what can happen to you kind well, of thing. Well, it was the studio that wanted it to be more happy ending. Yeah. That's why they went with the one ending. But I really do like when they're like haggling over price. It's like, you only have $20. Yeah. I can write you a check. Yeah. Like, you think I take a check from someone like you? Yeah. It's cute. It's very Harry Met Sally at yeah. the end. It's, it's very cute. Uh, Max, I know you'll love this. The sunglasses. Joel, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise, I hope he owns stock in Ray-Ban because he saved the company multiple times. So Joel wears the Ray-Ban Wayfair model. Yep. And the annual sales skyrocketed by 2,000% after this movie. <laughs> also a boost from the Blues Brothers because I yeah. believe those are the but same But that was 1980, well. so I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned this, but the house, which is in Highland Park, 1258 Linden Avenue in Highland Park, Illinois, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cameron's house, is located at 360 Beach Street, Highland Park, Illinois. In real life, those are right around the corner from each other. So what is it about Chicago suburbs that when just... When Cameron was in Egypt's land... Why does it just hit you? Let my Cameron, Cameron go. go. Why do they work so well like as rich kids in... like? Why do these movies become iconic? You know what I mean? With the Chicago suburbs kind of thing. So I think... I mean, right, part of it's Hughes, obviously. I think... Didn't, didn't Hughes make that a thing so everybody else is just kind of like oh well yeah we'll use oh well, i'm to saying be, it, to be totally fair in this particular movie the writer was from highland park okay that's yeah. why i believe that's why they yeah you know you're right was you're it right. the well the writer was the director yeah, yeah. same i believe he was from highland he was park. Yeah. okay so I, I mean you write what you know i mean part of it's happenstance that these people are all from that area um and also part of it too is that it's it's interesting the the knock you could make do you remember um who's the guy from scrubs Zach Braff? 
Yeah, do you remember the movie he was in? Garden State. Do you remember Garden State? I love Garden State. So I showed that to my parents when I was 18. I was like, yeah. this is the most important movie ever. And they're like, are you clinically depressed? Wow. That's <laughs> I was like, I thought it was just a nice movie. I'd like you to watch this movie called Garden State. The working title is Cry for Help. <laughs> I guess. So Garden State's a great example of it shows a way of life only unique to a handful of people, right? Like very, that is true, very yeah. fluent, wealthy. And I, I believe, remember Boys in the Hood? Where are you? <laughs> You're all over the map. I'm all over yeah. the map because I'm trying to find a good example. You remember Boys in the Hood? Yeah, Ice Cube. Boys in the Hood is an amazing movie. I love Boys in the Hood. Not a single aspect of that movie resonates with me. You don't you didn't have drive-bys? No. I didn't grow up in a neighborhood like that. I didn't grow up with those issues. I didn't grow up with those problems. And I think that what in large part you could accredit to diversity of film is that for a very long time, 90% of the movies were all this kind of whitewashed suburbia. So there, that's a criticism okay, against it. it. But where you see where I think you see kind of a nice cross section is risky business doesn't make you feel that it's too obnoxious. I would argue this is the the downside of a lot of the John Hughes films is that, yeah, I mean, like these are great movies if you're like white and live in an affluent suburb. Hello. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> good day, yeah, sir. Hello, hello. <laughs> I don't think risky business doesn't feel the same. There's, there's enough grit to it that it feels like I can understand it. It's not a bunch of kids like in butlers and pre-packed lunches and mm. diamond earrings, you know, but I mean, cashing bonds, cut off. you know, like the cashing bonds <laughs> yeah. is, uh, that resonates with me. I had a few bonds. <laughs> Do you still have bonds? Before, no. James Bond. Cash those suckers out for college. Do you want to know my favorite fact about this movie? I do, I do want to know your favorite <laughs> fact about this movie. So Guido, do you know who they first considered for Guido? Uh, not Tony Bennett. Who uh, loves you, baby? Uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. Do you know? <laughs> Tommy of life, kid, right? Can, yeah. Can I, can Old I, blue eyes. Can, gonna kill you. Can I transition? Coming at you. Phil Hartman as Frank Sinatra yeah. on Saturday Night Live is the best thing ever. That's that's like my impression, basically. Oh, that, well, yeah. the, the one where it's him and Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible. So Hey, he, get your cue ball over here. <laughs> so he could have been Guido and he could have been John McClane. Yeah, that's right. I remember the John McClane <laughs> thing. Well, speaking of other people for the roles, so John Cusack, Nick Cage, Michael J. Fox, Tom Hanks, and Sean Penn auditioned for Joel. None of them could have been as good. No. Uh, Who Nick, would Nick, be? Nick Cage. Nick Cage, a young Nick Cage. Too, big, been fun and, to watch. too big and physical. I like it. It would have been fun. <laughs> he would have been gone nuts. It would have been fun to watch. I think Cusack maybe would be second. Uh, Sharon Stone auditioned for Lana. So that's the only person I'd be okay with replacing Lana. Rob Lowe, in his autobiography, said he turned down the role of Joel because he thought it was, quote, weird. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. It was just awesome. Kim Basinger turned down the role of Lana because she didn't like the script. Weird. Uh, after a oh, little fun math for you, you dig this. After their initial night together, Lana tells Joel that he owes her $300. Yep. Adjusted, this is as of two, uh, 2020, that is $777. Worth every penny. Is that in line with what you typically pay for a woman of the night, Max? <laughs> I'm more of a Jackie guy. I put on my- I'm more of a Jackie guy. <laughs> I put on my catcher's mask and oh, I just go with it. Oh, the catcher's mask. So it's so funny. I looked at the uh, the newspaper with all the uh, advertisements. Yeah. I, I wanted to say what they were. I can't say it anymore, no, but they're really no, funny. Yeah. Nope, but nope, you remember no. the days of like the back pages of uh, newspapers and stuff? I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. You do. You mean before Craigslist? Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Brian Backer? Is that the gambling guy? Like the guy who's the tickets to everything? Yes. Who's no, the, no, no, no. Okay. That's his buddy. He is the younger guy. Oh, who likes uh, who likes Gen the girl? Jennifer Lee Lewis. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's the one that like is like brokenhearted that is. Works friend. the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was originally casted for the role of Joel. 
Oh, it's a different movie then. Do you know what I mean? It's like Girl Next Door. like Goofy, the, awkward. Yeah, yeah, it becomes yeah. more of a cartoon at this point. The fact that you have an A-list actor before he become, he blows up is like the main reason this is art. Their first choice for this was Timothy Hutton. That's a good one, too. Yeah, he turned that down because he wanted to work with Sidney Lament on the movie Daniel in 83 in New York City. Yeah, I don't understand why he wasn't bigger. I mean, like, I Ordinary know. People was monstrous, I too. Know, I know, I uh, know. This is included amongst the American Film Institute's 2000 list of 500 movies nominated for their 100 funniest movie award and it was also on their list of the 1998 list of 400 movies nominated and they were in the top 100 greatest american movies okay uh richard dreyfus was considered for the role of guido that would have been really good really good yeah and brooke shields was another one for lana which i think would have been good yeah because uh endless love right yeah yep so this is my last fact it's my favorite fact and then i will kick it over to you okay i lied i have two let me give my this isn't my favorite but this is just funny curtis armstrong and tom cruise they're oompa loompas uh cruise is five foot seven armstrong's five foot four. i thought you meant actually yeah (laughs) i was like no in the new willy wonka (laughs) movie no no sir uh edward newmare yep he was a script reader at warner brothers these are the people that just sit all day long and read script after script after script after script when he saw the script for risky business he was so blown away by it that he wrote an 18 page report on why the studio's got to make this thing like it's he's convinced it's going to be that good after it was a box office success he got promoted to an executive and later became famous as the co-writer of RoboCop. Oh my god. Wait, in the RoboCop documentary was did he get interviewed about this that this is how he like came up? Yes. Yeah. That's why it sounds familiar to you. Brian Volkweiss. You yeah. got it? Yeah. yeah. So uh coming to risky business. You're coming. So, I'm Joel. So I think we need to hang out. Hey, with, we need to hang out with Edward. He's got weird tastes like us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you. you. You're the weirdest. RoboCop and risky business. Yeah, whatever. You're more of a RoboCop guy than I am. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Gaines bugging me. That's that's two. I know. Deuces, deuces. Max, what other facts do you have? Each woman had 14.5 transactions. Heck yeah. Yeah. They made $3,625 each. You would know that. Yeah. Quick guys. Well, high school boys, like. Yeah. This this like probably bunnies. this probably most accurately depicts how I felt as a seventeen year old. Absolutely, like I would I would cash in my bar mitzvah bonds. No, my this. my favorite part. I already were, know. I guess what it is. What? It's when he does the breakdown of how much he spent on the meal and the and the movie. And was like, oh, I already spent sixty bucks. And you and what'd you get? And he's like, oh, he, she slept with my friend. No, but thank you for thinking so low of me. Is <laughs> <laughs> when the kid who hadn't gone through puberty yet is sitting on the couch and she sits and next she, to him and she, yeah, she yeah. scratches his knee and he, he just gets, gets up, up and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know what's funny? In high school, you and I were two different people. Yeah. Same result, unfortunately. You were terrified. I was the guy who was like pressing my face against the glass, like, let me in. <laughs> Let me in. Moon and everybody. Kill me. <laughs> it's very energetic. I know, right? All right, what else? Uh, let's see. Facts, 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 facts. Uh, the University of Illinois is really offended by this movie. Yeah, well, it's actually a really good school. Is it? Yeah, it's not Princeton, but it's a really good school. I know, but like the people that don't get into Michigan apply to no, like Wisconsin and then snob, Illinois. But they said that, snob. no, no, I saw in the research that they consider themselves a Ivy League school, like caliber school, and they are not. Well, that's a great fact. Anything well, else, Max? Uh, screw <laughs> screw the, uh, what is it easy, called? Easy, buddy. Easy. Slow what, down. What, what, Take oh, a deep breath. Fighting Illini. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the screw in Illini? <laughs> is that what you thought it was? No. Oh, uh, when Joel is counted as a cash, you yes. know, uh, he's humming in the air tonight. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I do think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> film debut of Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a moment. And the opening dream sequence was shot in 18 hours. I thought it was eight hours, but that's okay. Yeah. 
You could be wrong. And I like that they have real uh, pictures of childhood Tom Cruise. Yeah. I was about to say Tom Hanks. That would have been weird. <laughs> super weird. <laughs> Boy, that little kid looks nothing like Tom Cruise. Max, before we get into the individual actors and actresses, why don't we take a break to hear some words from our sponsors? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. Highland Park, Chicago. That yeah, is real estate. By the lake. It is. Uh, it's a nice little house that Joel's got. Little. Well, it's, <laughs> Mausoleum. I don't know that I would ever, if I had a single only child, right? If you have multiple children, they can spy on each other. But only child alone in that house, senior year of high school, it seems like a not great play. No, but I don't know. He was He's kind of lame up until that point. Well, maybe their parents should. I mean, he was adjusting the radio <laughs> and air the stereo. Uh, whether you're Joel or whether you're his parents or whether you're Lana sitting on 8K large, you want to make sure that you go to Dolby <laughs> Real Estate to get into your dream home. Or if you need to sell your house, they're the group to go to as well. Finding the right real estate agent is the biggest piece of the puzzle. Make sure you don't mess it up by going to the wrong group. 400 million in sales, 1,000 homes sold. Reach out to Dolby today. Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to buy your home or sell your home so you can get into that market. All right, Max, let's dance. I got some fun stuff here. I have one thing in particular that is... Amazing. So we doing Paul Brickman first? Uh, Director and writer. Yeah. Risky Business 1983. Oh my God. You know what I realized we didn't do? What? <laughs> Which we do every episode except this one. Synopsis of the movie. <laughs> I guess this deep into the episode, I would hope that anybody has either looked it up themselves or they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, but I think so. With that being said, a Chicago teenager is looking for fun at home while his parents are away. But the situation quickly gets out of hand. And there's a need to enter some risky business. I added the last part about risky business. You said Chicago with a Chicago accent. You're like, a Chicago kid. Chicago, I get your hat tag, eh? (laughs) You just lost it. I'll go a little bit longer. It's not too long. Trustworthy son, Joel Goodson. Goodson. Yeah. Good speed. Little on the nose. Good, Stanley, good speed. Good speed. <laughs> An industrious college-bound Chicago high school senior struggling to live up to his parents' expectations has more than enough on his plate, including Lana's love. <laughs> but when his mom and dad go off on vacation, mom? I'm reading the script, buddy. The inexperienced teenager seizes the golden opportunity to live a little and say, what the F? WTF. That's what they call this movie. It came out today. <laughs> WTF. Joel breaks one rule after another and indulging his wide-eyed curiosity and unspoken desires. And now there's no turning back. Fact, there's no turning back. Joel's risky business is already like that, has already thrown his life into complete disarray. What happens if Joel's parents return home earlier than expected? Will Joel learn a thing or two about life, consequences, and love? Great questions. <laughs> All answered in the movie, Risky Business. You know, I realized the like grandson movie of this is it's Project X. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Project X kind of his own animal. I think, you know, that's a, that's a, it's I, funny. Like, it feels movies, real. What movies feel like first cousins to this movie? So girl next door does it badly. Girl next door does it badly. I agree. Um, So kind of kid on his own. Uh, but like get, a little bit of grit to it, but also funny. God, n- not grit, but what's the one where they lock the parents in the basement? It's Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Pollack. Oh, God, I have no idea. It's really good. Yeah. It's like house arrest or something like know. that. Yeah. Well, we failed that question. Miserably. Yeah. Let's get back to the movie. Paul Brickman, he did Risky Business, Men Don't Leave in 90, and Allison in 2012, and that's it. Yeah, and he wrote True Crime. Yeah, and that's it. He also wrote Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. He That is the less popular sequel to yeah. the original Bad News Bears. Is that the Japanese one? I don't even know. There's like a Japan one. There is. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I just like how mysterious, like weird career. So very short, very small. Weird, I always wonder what career. it feels like. Like imagine making a movie like this and then never really getting there again. Is it worth it or does it drive you crazy? I don't know. I don't know. Would I mean, you want it? Would you want it? It's like better to have loved and lost than to never love at all. And then remember I don't, Tom, know, I don't Tom, know that people look at it that way. Cause don't you think to a certain degree, how hard is it to continue to be motivated when you've already made a few million dollars? Like some of these people do they're one and done, not because of a lack of talent, but because just a lack of enthusiasm. You right? think so? I, Max. Well, and also everyone has one great story. That if I gave you a check for $5 million, you'd disappear. No, I like being productive. Uh, maybe you'd disappear. Yeah. You would create your own utopia and you would never be seen again. But I like money. You take four of the five million, throw it into something making you ten percent a year, and the other million you buy a house on the lake. More money right, when guys. we're making millions. You are. See, this is so funny. This is the difference between you and I. You're so sick. <laughs> well, you don't retire like ten years yesterday, ago. Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> Tom Cruise. All right, Max. Yep. Plays the role of Joel. In 81, Endless Love, Taps in 81, Losing It in 82, The Outsiders in 83, Risky Business in 83, All the Right Moves in 83, Legend in 85, Top Gun in 86, The Color of Money in 86, Cocktail in 88, there it is. Rain Man in 89, Born on the 4th of July in 89. See the hardest working man in showbiz? Is he more than James Brown? Kick up back, <laughs> so Living what, in America. What's your top three 80s Tom Cruise? Rank them. Top too. Gun for sure. I can't rank them. Top yeah. Gun, Top Gun's in there for sure. Yep. See, I, this is where I'm different than most people. I, I'll put Taps in there. Yeah. I love him in Taps. Yep. Oh, God. I love cocktails so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth shoots <laughs> in it. It's not a good movie. And I recognize people hate it. And Rain Man. Rain Man's incredible. Yeah. Rain Man might be his, from a critical standpoint, might be his best movie of the 80s. It is. I don't pour on the 4th of July is close. I can't, I'm not, I'm always prepared to rank them. You can't do that to me. My, what, what's one, yours? One risky business, yeah. two cocktail, yeah. three Top Gun. <laughs> you're unapologetic. I, yeah, you are unapologetically a moron. I love it. It's about my life. Give me lollipops. <laughs> I know, it's so true. Capitalist, bartender. Yeah. What was your third? Elizabeth Shue. No, your third was cocktail. Oh, your third was Top, top Gun. Top gun. Top yeah, gun, right. Yeah. So yeah. you're like, capitalist, bartender, Explosions or San Diego real estate. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca D. Mornay. All right. So I have another surprise for you. We're doing taps next week. You know yep. what we're doing the week after that? Feds? Yes. No way. And you deserve it. Oh my God. I'm giving you feds. Woo. Risky business in 83, feds in 88. She was DeWitt and the hand that rocks the cradle in 92. Have you seen that movie? Is it a good movie? Max Sanders. I will give you feds if you promise you have to watch, I'll watch it, it today. Before. You have to. Yeah. The hand that rocks the cradle is is horrifying. It's incredible. Is it She's like, amazing. At is it girlfriend from hell kind of thing? Or? No, dude. It's it's a whole. And this, don't, don't even tell me about it. I, this is another one where it's been spoofed so many times and done. So many. you're going to see this and be like, oh, that's why they make this joke. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you. And by the way, her cameos above and beyond this, she plays uh, not Stifler. Who's uh, Sti she Finch's mom. Finch's mom in American, in American Reunion. Reunion. She is the one getting the divorce at the beginning of Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Hillbilly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So Take another pill. Rebecca, Rebecca DeMornay. Why didn't she have a better career? I don't know. I'm very confused because she's fun. She's athletic. she's got the acting chops. She's yeah. a knockout. She's I mean she's no Elizabeth Shue, but who is? But like she's a knockout. I think she's prettier, but I mean like well she's sexier. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue is more the kind of woman you want to spend the rest of your life. Yeah, with I don't and know. What, gaze into her eyes. And I don't know. What tell I, her yeah, I'll leave Trish, but like <laughs> you're gotta help me take care of the kids. And she says of course. And I've got a cameo. In did the she upcoming. get market corrected? Are we still talking? What yeah. Are we talking? Okay, go ahead. Did I'm she sorry. get market corrected by someone? Did someone take her spot? Is it hard to be? The number one sex symbol. Did Sharon Stone take her spot? Sharon's she's, pretty, she's prettier than Sharon Stone. 
Uh, I think she is. It's close, yeah. But, I don't know. But they can both act, I'm saying. If, name a Sharon Stone movie that, Kim Re- Basinger, that Rebecca did, D. Mornay couldn't be in. Did Kim Basinger take it, maybe? Me? I don't know, man. I just know that I'm just surprised. She had a good career. Yeah, but if I had a movie in the early 90s, I'd be like, cool. Uh, I just... Like, can you imagine her in like a kind of like the fugitive kind of thing where she's on the run? You know what I mean? That'd be fun. I, yeah. Be yeah. Good. One of my favorites in this movie is Joe Pantoliano. Guido, the killer pimp. So in addition to being Guido, the killer pimp, and I have to remind people of this always. That's in Risky Business in 83. Also in 83, he's in Eddie and the Cruisers. I love that movie. Francis Fratelli. Yeah. Half of the Fratelli brothers from the Goonies in 85. Perfect. He's in La Bamba in 87. You're missing running scared. He's Snake. I, I don't care about that. I got to get to the real okay. important one. Ralph Cifaretto. Sopranos. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite Sopranos character. <laughs> with, with <laughs> he's a sociopath who likes to be pegged. He's yeah. my favorite character in the Sopranos. And you should get you should get a wig like his. That's a I terrible a wig. wig. Like <laughs> oh, he makes wow. fun of everyone too much. That's the best. But he's the best he, earner. He yeah. he is to you what yeah. Dragon is to me. Yeah. Like like a guy like that scares you because you don't want anybody to hurt your feelings and he's a feeling herder. Yes, big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. But you I miss, get it. He's also the captain in Bad Boys. He's Captain Howard. That's right. And oh, he's shooting the basketballs. Damn it, that's a great call. Yeah, and also I skipped a lot of good he's ones. He's Cypher in the Matrix. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When I when the Matrix, puts you know, the steak I know in my this. Mouth. I know the steak isn't real. Yeah, but it tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Good old steak. Mm. Max. Uh, let me tell you a story. I got a story for you. Are you ready? Did you meet Joe Pant- Joey Pants? No, Joey Pants. I did not. That's what we call him. Is that That's our nickname. No one think anybody else calls him that. <laughs> Everyone does. Richard Masser. Yep. Who plays Rutherford. The God. Rutherford is the admissions guy for Princeton. Perfect for this. I love that he stays and he's like, goodbye, ladies. I, I want to make two cases. One is I got a story to tell you. And the second is. Have you met him? No. Okay. It's, not a, it's not a good story. It's a pathetic story about how emotional I am. He's, my, he's one of my favorite dads from the 80s. And it gets overlooked. In The Thing, he's Clark in 82. Yep. He's great. He's Rutherford in Risky Business in 83. He's one of my favorite dads of all time. He's Mr. Anderson in License to Drive. Only like the coolest, most fun dad in the world who tolerates Incredible. His, his idiot son. Yeah. And that's in 88. And he's got a fun wife and like he's popping the champagne when his son doesn't get the driver's license. He's also an amazing dad, skipping ahead to 1992. He's Mr. Morgan in Encino Man. Oh my God. He's the, he's the dad who also is super chill as they're trying to explain how when Sean Astin is trying to explain how their new foreign exchange student link for missing link, wink, wink. Yep. They're like, no, no, Linkovich Chomowski and their dad's just like, whatever. It's just another mouth to feed. But let me tell you what the story part of all this is. He also plays Phil Sutton fuss. You know, who that is no. Have you seen the movie? My girl. I know bees. Okay. He he plays Dan Aykroyd's brother. Okay. So I I just I'm gonna give you this very short version, okay? Yep. Dan Aykroyd has a daughter named Veda, and he's a widow. Vader. So it's just him and Veda. Yeah. And he runs a funeral home with his brother, who's played by Richard Masser. Okay. Okay. And Jamie Lee Curtis enters, is this uh makeup artist who comes in, takes a job. She's never done it before. She's doing makeup on the bodies. And then Veda, her best friend, is Macaulay Calkin. And Macaulay Culkin dies from being stung by bees. I heard. <laughs> while researching for our epi- for, while while ep- while researching for our episode today, I, I I was like, oh, that's right. He was. I, I couldn't remember what he played in My Girl. So I like pull up the movie My Girl, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna watch the movie My Girl. Max, I cry I, I dry heaved from yeah. crying. Yeah, like it is honestly emotionally crushing to watch this movie i'm adding it to your list i want you to watch it because i'm curious if you have a soul but <laughs> i'm gonna be laughing when this kid dies <laughs> yeah. and and the aftermath of that and how Isn't it's an open casting 
I remember that, right? It's 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 just like it's a beautiful movie, but yeah. like, what is wrong with me that I can't even watch that movie without getting like sick from crying? Well, you got three kids. I I don't think this was a kid thing. I would have existed before. So shout out to Richard, who is my favorite dad slash uncle of the eighties. Great mustache. Now we're gonna get to some people I know you love. Bronson Pinchot. Jin Pinchot. Pinchot. Pinchwa. <laughs> Plays Barry. Get the f out of here! No, I will not. No, I will not. <laughs> the twist of lemon. He's in uh, Risky Business in '83. I believe this was his film debut, but I could be wrong it on is. that. Beverly Hills Cop. He's Surge in '84, and then of course, Perfect Strangers. Balky Bartokamus, yep. starting in '86. And also, I saw the Flamingo Kid, which he's in. He's in a bunch of other things, but it's I not just great. Gave the highlights. No, uh, he's great in this movie. Yeah, true, it's fantastic. True, true romance. Yeah, yep, yep. really funny. Uh, and then Curtis Armstrong to round things out plays Miles Dalby. He's in Risky Business in '83, Revenge of the Nerds in '84, Better Off Dead in '85, Bad Medicine in '85, One Crazy Summer, Akak in '86, yep. Revenge of the Nerds two in eighty seven and How I Got into College, which is the rounding off of the trifactor of the Savage, Savage Steve Holland films. So he's in Workaholics. Do you know when? I don't know when. I saw he was in one. Oh wow! Yeah, I he, don't remember. He's when also he was the in campus there. cop in Van Wilder. I did know that. Yeah. I remember that. And you know my favorite thing is you know he's snot in American Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the voices you could. Yeah, and Booger and Booger. Yeah. yeah. He he. I know he was kind of bummed out that he got typecasted uh, the way he did. I don't think he had to have because I don't. I didn't view him as being this like over the top nerd in in uh, risky business. No, he's kind of cool. I thought he was kind of cool. So by the way, I have, I have a question for you. When he's outside during the party with Joel, yes, and he's like, you know, I don't have to pay for it. Correct. Is he like, is he posturing because he? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, he's just awkward. Yeah. That's the whole funny part is that yeah. he's the one who's getting in Joel's ear saying, "You got to say WTF." Yeah. And he calls the call girl. He's like, hey, "You got to do this." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then push comes to shove. He's really look how rea- look how he reacted when Joel had to drive the Porsche and run away from Guido. I have a he trick the exam tomorrow. Yeah. He was yeah. He was uh, yeah, right. He's like, "I have a trick exam, <laughs> and we're being chased by Guido, Guido the, the killer, killer pimp. pimp." And then he in the scene where you're talking about the big party, he's a total coward. Yep. Wants nothing to do with it so that's classic good to the tough guy in the friend group acting like they got everything under control and they're a total coward <laughs> stage left yeah that's not me <laughs> i uh, i don't act like i have anything under control and i'm a total coward i i do have <laughs> I, I left this fact out because i felt that we should wait until we talk about characters but i think this is incredible max you know who megan mullally is right prince harry's wife no no <laughs> married to nick offerman oh yeah yeah yeah, she's cool. She's very cool. She was on uh, Will and Grace for yes, a long time. Yes, for a long time. Additionally, if you're looking for a fun podcast, uh, In Bed with Nick and Megan uh, is their podcast. Are they actually like, in bed when they're doing it? I, I don't know if they're in bed when they're doing it, but it's very funny stuff. And then obviously, you see Nick on Parks and Rec. He's and tat- she's He's tattooed on my back. Right, and she's on it too. Like yeah, she plays the ex-wife. Yeah, yeah Tammy. Okay, okay. What would you say if I told you that Megan's acting debut was uh, in the movie... Risky business. Shut up. When? She is a woman of the night in the background at the party with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. I will send you the clip, and that, my friend, will be on TikTok because it is fascinating. That is awesome. She's there. Yeah. Oh, she is there. So I got one mind blower for you, too. Blow my mind, sir. So the guy who played Jackie? Jackie. Yeah. Yes. So that's Bryce A. Young. Yes. Does he look familiar to you? A little. So he has another iconic scene with Tom Cruise in the 80s. Just them. Just the two of them. Yeah. I don't know. What is it? What's in the box? Doom. The color of money. Remember when he's playing Moselle? The like the. Yeah. It's a green minute. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? (sighs) He's also in Hot Shots. Yes. He's Red Herring. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hot Shots. 
Is that going to be our first? Is there, is there ever? Is there, oh, that'll be the clubby in the first few. I can tell you that right now. Are you going to be able to even do it? Or are you just going to laugh hysterically I, for an hour and a half? Look, Wendy, I can fly. <laughs> Sucking that chest, soldier. Oh, you went with the sprinkles. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I spent all the. This is great with the insurance policy. I can spend all this money on hats and shoes. Uh, Max, that takes me to the end of my list. Are there any other actors or actresses that you wanted to talk about that covered the ones I wanted to? Uh, Joel's dad is also the dad from Lesson Zero. Oh, yeah. So he knows how to be the disappointed dad. Yep, 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 yep And he yep. was in Beverly Hills 90210 for yeah. like a decent amount of time. I didn't know who he was. I don't either. Yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Max, you good? Yep. All right. Well, that concludes this episode and takes us right on over to the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is none other than Shane Templeton, a.k.a. Tuck Pendleton. <laughs> A little backstory on that. We have had Shane on the show before, and because his last name sounds just enough like the infamous El Guapo, just kidding, uh, infamous uh, Tuck, Tuck yeah. Pendleton from Inner Space, I only refer to him as Tuck Pendleton when he is on the it's show fair. as a spotlight. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Shane is a huge fan of the show and is always interacting with us and has a white knuckle grip on 80s films like none other. So I'm interested to see what he said about the business of riskiness. Let's hear what he had to say. can't believe I've got a trig midterm tomorrow and I'm sitting here doing this podcast thing for you guys. Hey, it's Shane from Tennessee. Thanks for having me back on. As always, you guys keep pumping out the great content and uh, Risky Business is, is one of my favorites from the 80s and just uh, a pillar of, 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 of the 80s movies. And, and Tom Cruise is one of the faces of, of the 80s. In my opinion, his best work was in the 80s as well. But my first movie, Infatuation, was Taps, and he was in that with, along with a bunch of other 80s icons. But, um, you know, this movie, Risky Business, Taps, uh, obviously Rain Man, All the Right Moves. I mean, he just, his his his, his uh, book of work in the 80s was just phenomenal. Um, Risky Business was, was, was a fantasy dark comedy for me. Um, I saw it, I think, when I was 14 years old. Uh, I think one night when my parents went out, I think I saw it on Showtime or HBO, and it just it just checked all the boxes. I mean, it it you know from a I mean think about it from a fan of a, a young kid who's you know watching this movie and seeing the parents leave you alone for the weekend and uh, Porsche keys hanging in the in the garage. You got the world by the by the tail and your buddy who convinces you to say what the f you know and and you do and uh, all this stuff happens to him and uh, I mean you can talk about uh, Phoebe Cates jumping out of the pool and, and fast times being. Uh, you know, the senior remember the most of the 80s, but man, I'll tell you, I think Rebecca De Mornay's uh, performance in this was outstanding. Um, I remember it well, uh, several scenes. But uh, man, just uh, the casting director really killed it here. Uh, Guido, Joe P- uh, Pantoliano's character was fantastic. Bronson Pinchot as Barry, and then Curtis Armstrong, who was in so many great 80s icon, 80s movies, uh, Booger and. Uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, and then he was uh, Charles Demar in Better Off Dead. I mean, just fantastic stuff. Um, I loved it. I laughed um, uh, just so hard throughout the movie, and, it, and I just watched it again recently. And it just it's it hel- it holds up so well. Um, Tangerine Dream crushed the soundtrack, and uh, you know I know it'll be remembered more for anything than his dance scene with Bob Seger. But I just thought the chemistry with he and Rebecca De Mornay was 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 really really good for especially for two young actors who are really. Uh, you know, just pretty much new to the business. So, um, hey, I, again, 
really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come on and, and uh, enjoy the continue to enjoy the podcast and uh, and uh, look forward to look forward to hearing this episode and hearing what you guys think about risky business. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. I love that he said the checkbox. I, I love that he put music behind yeah. his response. He's got a great radio voice too. He does. But when you, were, he, when you were 14, seeing this on Showtime, oh, my God. Show, I'll get you out of here. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? <laughs> seeing this movie at 14? That's oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. this is totally a HBO, like, yeah. Showtime sneak and sneak I hope my parents are asleep. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. When I used to watch Sex and the City, that was my thing. Was Mine like, was, uh, oh, what was the show called? Taxi Cab Confessionals. <laughs> <laughs> no. God, what was it called? Uh, there was an HBO show that had, like, nudity all the time, and I would always watch it. Nobody Emmanuel and space no i'll never think of what it is now my somebody will email us and tell us what it is yeah uh max with all that being said great movie great feedback from tuck very happy with pendleton's uh response <laughs> uh, pour out some soco from yeah, the middle go, right? of martin short's throat dream on that's what it was called dream, dream on. on no no that was the name of the show on hbo wow oh, dream weird. on yeah. took me a minute uh and then showtime had red shoe diaries that was Max, that concludes the episode for today. Just Max, that concludes our episode for today. Just a reminder, subscribe, leave a review, check out our social media platforms, all of them, at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, the Tower. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. If you have not had a chance yet, check out our back catalog. Lots of great episodes in there I think you'll like. Max only gets better each week, so uh, this is his Do best. I? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, Max, but yeah. that's okay. We're doing our best. Shane soon will be on the show permanently, and you'll be one of our many fans. Will you join the Patreon if I throw you off the show? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> He's putting my kids through college. <laughs> With all that being said, Max, is there anything you want to add to end the show? Are you ready for me, Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Ralph. ready. I'm not ready I just think you. of Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> He's like, I'm in danger. Super <laughs> Nintendo Charmers. Tastes like burning. You know who's an underappreciated character is Olaf. Is it no not Olaf? Olaf. No, what's his name? From Frozen? No, no, what's his face? Uh, oh, I'm full of chocolates. Oh yeah. Uh Ooze? Yeah. Ooter. Ooter. Yeah. Yeah, Ooter. <laughs> not Olaf. Don't make fun of kids. Don't make fun of other kids. That kid has boobs. Give me a towel. <laughs> Come here, Chubs. Oh, that's great. Don't chase me, I'm full of chocolates. Oh, don't chase me, I'm full of chocolates. <laughs> Alright, how do I want to end? Let me see. That was good. <laughs> That's a great way to end. The dream is always the same. Instead of going home, I go to the neighbors. I ring, but nobody answers. The door is open. So I go inside. I'm looking around for the people, but nobody seems to be there. I then hear a shower running. I go upstairs and see what's what. You know, I was going to read the rest of this. I'm sorry. It's a bad way to end. Uh, Hey, I'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.